Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Lord, I just ask you to bring a special anointing tonight. A special anointing. Father, do something unexpected. Surprise us, Lord. Just open our hearts to you and the moving of your Holy Spirit, God. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. And I want to welcome all you on stream. I know you already did, I'm sure. But from me... Welcome aboard, ladies. Let's get going. Amen? So, obviously, I'm kind of pumped up on faith over this last couple years, right? (laughs) I got a few keys for you. Hey, babes. I got a few keys for you on getting your miracle to manifest in your life. Amen? I've learned a few things, but... Honestly, more than anything that has gotten me through these last few years is basically doing what I've always done, is immediately tapping in to God's promises. And if you've ever been around me when I've taught before, how many times have I said that that you know of about standing on, calling in the promises of God? Amen? So, tonight, I just want to share with you a little bit about the keys that I think are so important for us to enter into and receive the miracles that God has for us in every area. You know, God forbid that any of you or your loved ones would go through, you know, what what this last couple years has been like for our family But, you know, even in a normal world, we face some challenge. We face challenges. You know, God has told us that we're more than conquerors. So, obviously, there must be something to conquer. So, I like to look at it as from glory to glory, from mountaintop to mountaintop, to peak to peak. So, in between those mountaintops... Sometimes you got to get down in that valley and then you got to climb up. You know, and I'm not saying, and you know us well enough to know, I'm not saying, well, you're all going to go through terrible challenges. No, but we do live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is, right now, is in many, many ways in crisis mode. You know, I don't know about you, but I can't even keep up (laughs) with what's going on around the world. I don't even want to try to. But it, it is in such a fast mode. My goodness, there's so much going on that every once in a while you kind of feel like you're in a whirlwind and you're just trying to hold on. Well, you know what? God knew this day would come in the world. He knew that you would be in this place tonight He knew that you would choose to be a believer in him. And he knew what he'd already promised. 
whether it's at the beginning of time, in the very beginning in Genesis, or whether it's in Revelation, all the way through, nothing shakes him up. Nothing, nothing rocks his world in a negative way. He, from the beginning of time, he's seen from the beginning of your life, from the beginning of your days, he has seen what's going to take place in the world. But before we ever even knew that there was going to be any kind of challenge, he already had worked out the miracles for us. Can you just take a moment and let that sink in? I want you to say this out loud with me. God has a promise and a miracle for everything I might face in this world. Now let it sink in and take hold of it. Amen? Girl, princess, you look so beautiful. It's so good to see you and mama. I haven't seen you for a while. And Jen already told us this week that you came up to her and showed her the picture when you were just, how long ago? Second grade. You and her in Kid City in second grade. Amen. 19. Every Sunday, girl, I'd get my hug, right? You'd come and give me the biggest hug and then go into Kid City. And I'll tell you what, you've been faithful to the Lord. You've been faithful to God. And he's going to do great things in your life. Marilyn, you too, baby. I love you. Amen. Amen. I'm so good. I might just go to each one of you and say, (laughs) oh boy, can you tell I'm excited? (laughs) But I got to tell you, you know, when you face anything, I mean, in a daily basis, you know, maybe you've got some financial challenge, you know, maybe... Maybe your job situation kind of rocked a little bit over this last year. You know, maybe, uh, who knows? You know, we live in a fallen world. So things are going on, but you and I don't have to be subject to those things. Because we are subject to a higher power. Amen? And not just in word, not just in uh, a high level, but in actuality. You know, and. Many, many times during this last couple of years, you know, uh, I'd see people, you know, or hear things and people would say, oh, honey, I just, I hope you're going to be okay, you know, and I appreciate the love. I, comp- I appreciate the sympathy and the pa- compassion, but, you know, I just want to say that as believers, our hope is so much deeper, so much bigger than just an emotion. You know, we can feel for other people. We can feel for things that we're going through. We can feel for people that we care about. Hi, Sherry. We can do all those things, and we need to be compassionate. We need to be moved with emotion. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus was moved in his emotions by the needs of people But it wasn't ended at emotion. That emotion triggered something in him. This Holy Spirit 
that drew upon the faith and the power of God within him. And that compassion, you know, I've taught this for 30 years or 40 years maybe, that Jesus was moved by compassion. The Bible tells us that almost every time that he did a miracle. Now, why is that important? Number one, because we have a loving, caring God that is moved by our needs. But he's not just tisk tisk. Isn't that a shame? Poor thing. And then walks away. He is so in depth with his love and his caring. When you hurt, he hurts. When you face a challenge, he rises up. And when you face things in your life, or maybe you're longing for something, or you're praying for something, or you're wishing for something, you know, uh, you know, before you were saved, when you were a little little kid, did you carry a rabbit's foot in your pocket, <laughs> you know, hoping for good luck? How many? Okay, am I dating myself? Well, who, who would have a rabbit's foot in their pocket? <laughs> well, you know, in the world, people do all kinds of things, you know, in order to bring them good luck or bring them goodwill or something, right? <laughs> but, you know, with God, we're not just hoping as an emotion, We're not just hoping and then leaving it to fate. You and I have the power of almighty God to literally frame our lives with his promises, with his, I can't look at you. (laughs) You're really going to make me cry. (laughs) We've been through some tough girlies. Amen. But. When you know who your God is, and I know every one of you here tonight is here because you know your God and you trust him and you love him and you seek him. I mean, for you to come out on a Thursday night or you to tune in ladies on a Thursday night when you've probably had a really busy day, really busy week, you've got a really busy tomorrow but you step out of your to-do list and you press in to God's promises list. And that's why we're here tonight because God will never just leave us to the fate of the world. And he's that loving that he can do it, he will do it, and he wants to. But there are keys that we have to activate. So there's God's part then there's our part. So what I've always, always tried to do as a Christian and as a pastor, Julie, you're so cute. (laughs) Look at these ladies on the front. They look like triplets. (laughs) But if you've ever heard me teach or if you have read any of my books, you know, uh, no Limits, No Boundaries. What's it on? It's about the power of prayer. Yes, Vonda. It's about the power of God's promises. Amen. Hold it up there. <laughs> you see that book? Well, I'm rewriting a new version of that, only with some new stories <laughs> and some new miracles. And so as we tap into who he is, you know, I've always believed this. I've always practiced this. And, you know, when this 
last couple years happened, you know, number one, it didn't fit in my theology. It wasn't, it wasn't how I envisioned things. <laughs> but it seemed so monumental. And to hear that diagnosis at the doctor's office that you have ovarian cancer and we're going to operate two days from now. You know, it shocks you. It just lays, I mean, it laid me out. Our family, we were all just like, like a big wind just hit us. And immediately in the natural realm, you know, our minds are thinking, what about this? What about this? What am I going to, oh, no, 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 this doesn't fit in my agenda. You know, this, what, what, what? And, you know, when they say that word, immediately your brain just, you know, calculates that out. And so in my mind, I immediately thought, wow, this is a whole nother level. This isn't your regular, I need a miracle today. And at first it seems so insurmountable even to deal with. And then as soon as we could talk and we walked out, what did we do? We all looked at each other and said, but God, but God, but my God. And immediately just kicked into the same mode that we've always lived in. When you face a challenge, what do you do? Do you cave to it? Uh Uh-uh, you rise above it. Because God has made us promises. There's nothing impossible for him. And there's never too much for him. And it's never too big of a diagnosis for him. So not that we're ever hoping to face anything like that, but I got to tell you, not only was it probably the most, you know, horrifying thing that, that our family had ever gone through with, with Lion and, and with us, but through it, I've never ever seen God so big in my life. (laughs) Right, Kate? I mean, he was there in such a profound way. There were incredible, incredibly emotional and traumatic times, of course, because, you know, we are emotional people and we're human. You know, there were just those times of just bawling your eyes out. And sometimes I'd just get under my tallit and just, I couldn't even pray. I'd just cry. And I'd just look up at God and believe that somehow he was going to bring something good out of this. Not something, many things, many things. And then what we went into for that year was seeing, well, three years (laughs) was just seeing 
not only the big miracles, and this is what I want to, I'm not telling this story just, you know, about me. I'm telling this story about how you can also step into the miracles of God. Amen? You understand that, right? Okay. And so there are keys that Larry and I have always put into place through our faith, through our walk. And when this happened, we just did those things on a higher level. We did the same things. Our confessions, our decrees, our declarations, our prayers, our study of the word, because the world was giving us a pretty bleak diagnosis, to say the least. And we were in a situation where, I mean, it was one of those things. It's not like, okay, Lord, you know, I need some, I need, you know, an extra hundred dollars this week to meet my rent or some, you know, I mean, those are really important things. And we've, I mean, I've spent my life praying to connect those kind of dots, but this was kind of an all or nothing thing, really. And so there was an urgency and a diligence to go to God. And I thank God that in our lives and in your lives, we aren't waiting till we need a miracle to press into God's miraculous realm. Amen. We can live in it every single day and we can rise above the circumstances that are going on in this crazy world right now. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And no matter what's going on out there, you and I can live above that. Amen. And I like to picture it. How many have ever flown in, a, in an airplane? So, you know, I remember the first time I flew, I think I was a, in college. I didn't, you know, you didn't fly for anything back then. I mean, <laughs> take the train, take the bus. <laughs> So the first time I flew, I think I was, you know, like 19 years old or something. And I was just like, "Uh, you know, how's this thing staying in the air? (laughs) But then we were rising and rising and bumping and bumping through those clouds and the storms and everything. And then I'm just like holding on for dear life. And then all of a sudden, poof, we rose above the storm, rose above the clouds And yep, from the earth's level, wow, it was a stormy, cloudy day. Going through it, it was a bumpy ride. But then we popped out on the other side, and that sun, that blue sky, the warmth, it was just like, I mean, I wasn't a Christian then, but in my mind, it was a spiritual experience. Because that occurred to me that, You know, from Earth's little perspective, you know, we look up, we see stormy weather. But from God's perspective, he's got it all sunshine and all together. You know, when I was first became a Christian and before we were even pastoring, and one of the scriptures that really, really became a life scripture for Larry and for me was Romans 8.28. And if you've been around us any time, I know you've heard us talk about this, 
But I'll tell you, that whole thing that when you study that, it's much more than just, oh, I'll, I'll get past it. It'll work out, you know. But Romans 8.28, it tells us that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. How many of you love God? Amen. I know you do on stream. I know you're loving God. That's why you're here with us. But how many also know that you are called according to his purpose? Amen. Raise your hand if you know that. Sherry, I know you know that girl. Amen. And so as we want to grow in life, we got to overcome some stuff. We give up to grow up. We've got to grow and grow continually from glory to glory. And as we do that, when certain things maybe look a little rocky or a little, you know, uh, not how we'd like them to be, God says all things work together for your good. And it's like a, it's like a beautiful tapestry Martha, I bet you have done some needlepoint in your life. Yeah. And every old hippie, we used to do that, right? Every old hippie, we thought it was real cold. You know, we did macrame. We did uh, macrame belts with dangly ropes. And we did macrames that hang. But we also did needlepoint. <laughs> I'm giving away our age, right? But how many have ever done a needlepoint? All right, all right. You know what I'm talking about, right? So you get the pattern, you get the package. Okay, I'm going to do this. It's a beautiful flower. And I remember one time, I thought I, after I was, I was uh, born again, I thought, my mom's birthday's coming up. I'm going to do her a tapestry, you know, like that's what she would want. <laughs> I, always, I always thought it was great to give her handmade gifts. And she'd make such a big thing out of it. And now I'm going, oh, she must have thought I was such a cheapskate. You know? Great. I provided your whole life for you. You give me an art piece. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But one time I thought, oh, cool. You know, I was really into that artsy, hippie thing. And so I got this one. It was a beautiful plant or flowers. You know, they were her favorite colors, orange and the avocado green. Right? How many lived through the 70s? How many still have a house? Orange, burnt orange and avocado green. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Anyway, I was doing this thing and I'm thinking, oh, wow. You know, and every time I'd go under and then come back and I'd go way far away and, you know, underneath. I couldn't see it. All I could see was, you know, it was creating a flower. And I laid it down and looked at the bottom of it. I thought, oh, my Lord, I hope she never looks at the bottom of this. Because it was just mumble jumble and it was just a mess, you know. So I thought, I better hide that. (laughs) So I framed it. (laughs) So she couldn't see the back. But that image has always stayed with me when I envision our lives in the process of Romans 8.28. And God says he'll take a crazy mess and turn it into something beautiful and weave a beautiful tapestry out of it. One version, I think it's uh, Living Living Bible or 
maybe it's NIV, but they say it's, he'll create a beautiful tapestry out of it. And so I always have pictured that from the underneath of that tapestry. Oh, that was certainly not a work of art. It certainly was something that should go in the wastebasket and be trashed. How many have felt that way sometimes about an issue in your life? Oh, I'm past that. That's over. It's in the trash. But God sees it from above. We see the mess. He sees it from above. A beautiful burnt orange and olive green. (laughs) A beautiful tapestry. And when we look at our lives sometimes and the chaos sometimes or maybe the prayers that don't quite get answered the way we think they should or sometimes life just, you know, throws us a curveball. But no matter where it came from, number one, it didn't come from God, right? If it did happen... We live in a fallen world. Things happen. But God will never let the enemy or that attack have the final word. Amen. Amen. So, you know, I don't want to take a long, long time. What time is it? 7.44. Okay, we've got three and a half hours left then? Good. Get, get yourself comfortable. <laughs> no, we're going to... What time are we ending? Okay, 8 or 8.15. Okay, and I want to have some prayer and fellowship and everything with you after this. So, um, God will take anything and weave a beautiful tapestry out of it. But all those things that God has promised and that he will do, we have to enter into those things. So he has all that. But as Christians, sometimes I see that people just think it will automatically happen. And sometimes it will, you know, just by God's grace or, or circumstances But as a true believer, we have to learn warfare. I believe Larry's in a series that he's beginning on spiritual warfare. So I guess he's copying me. (laughs) Running out of things to say. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) He told me he was doing that, but I was already on this course. Y'all understand? (laughs) Like, what else am I going to talk about? (laughs) Huh? Confirmation. <laughs> Thank you for all those beautiful gifts you send. You are precious. <laughs> Amen. Bless your heart and all your parts. Amen. That's a good one. <laughs> you always got something, don't you? Give me another one. Give me another one of your favorites. You always write them in those cards. You always got a good one. Come on, give me a few. <laughs> Lydia, you know a few. What is it? Okay, you, you raise your hand and tell me when you're ready. I love sayings. Don't you? I love sayings. They just get stuck in my head. And as soon as I, as soon as I need it, it just pops up. Well, you know what? That's like, all right. 
There it is. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> That's right. Every time she send me a card, Lydia would deliver them to me. Send me a card or a gift. And always, I love you to life. Yes, I know you do. And I love you to life. But that's a great saying. I love you all to life. And you, we got each other covered, right? So there's God's promises. And then there's the keys that he's giving us to step into them and release them into our lives. How many of you, you prayed and prayed and prayed for things until, is this ever going to happen, right? I mean, we've all been there, right? But God still remains true to his word. And he remains true to our faith and expectancy. And like I was saying earlier, there's a difference between hope and faith. Hope can be just an emotion. I have friends that don't know the Lord or family. They really hoped I would be okay. And I love and appreciate that. But honestly, your hope combined with faith, that's where the rubber meets the road. Right, Rose? That's right. And so... There's a big difference there. We can have that compassion. We need to have that compassion. But you combine compassion and hope with the word of God and the promises of God. That is devil-busting stuff right there. Amen? So how many are getting what I'm saying here? I know I'm just kind of feeling my oats here. I hope I'm making sense, connecting some dots, but the proof is in the, the proof is in the, in the, right? (laughs) Okay. So what, uh, oh, never mind. I was going down another rabbit trail and I corrected myself. I love this scripture. I'm still on my first opening page. (laughs) Okay, I got to use the scripture, right? How about this? Romans 8.28 is what we've been talking about. All things. But Romans 14.17 is a zinger. And you should write it down and remember this one like you're going to go out of here and remember, I love you to life. Because this is another one that I stood on. Romans 14.7. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a big difference than just Honey, I hope you're going to be okay. That's a big, big difference. I appreciate any uh, encouraging words, and I love a kind heart. But I'm telling you, when you need a miracle, you need to dig deep. And you need to be uh, in a place 
that is not the natural realm. Romans 14, 17. Let me just read that again. Isn't that so awesome? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes faith isn't easy. It's hard to see the circumstances in the natural element and look beyond them to God's promises. Now, when this was all going on with me, I don't know if you've ever been in an oncology hospital floor. Luke and Jen and Lion lived on the fifth floor, which is the oncology floor at Children's Cook's Hospital in a tiny little hospital room for six months. This girl never left that room, never left Lion for six months. Luke would go home, do the laundry, do what he needed to do, pick up food for him, whatever. This girl never left his side. And it was not easy to see a seven-month-old baby that was so cute and gorgeous and beautiful puff up like a balloon because of the chemo. Now, I'm not going to belabor all that they went through or, you know, too much or April, Izzy, with Michael. But when you see those circumstances in, re, in the real realm and you're surrounded by people that, you know, it's very dire and it's very hard not to see your future like what you're seeing in front of you. And there were times, this is the only other thing I'm going to say. There were times, many times that we were visiting up there. We all came up as much as we could. But there were many, 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 many occasions where children and babies that we'd been seeing in the other rooms or in the halls with their families weren't there anymore. And not because they got well. And when you're seeing face-to-face with these things, and basically, you know, we were surrounded by that, uh, you know, not in the, I wasn't in the children's floor, (laughs) but I was on the oncology uh, floor, and then with all the chemo, and you're surrounded by seeing things. So how do you get past that in your head that, uh, no, it's, uh, uh, that's not going to happen? Well, <laughs> in the natural realm, it would. It would have. But, but our God, but our God 
And I praise God that our family has and our people surrounding us. We know that nothing is impossible for our God. And no matter what we're seeing in our face, maybe you're seeing not that. I pray you never have to see that. But maybe you're facing something financially. Maybe you're facing something in your marriage. Maybe you're facing something with your children and they're estranged or maybe they're on drugs or, you know, maybe your parents or, you know, all kinds of stuff that the world has. You know, faith is not that you never go through something. We're in this world. We're conquerors. We might face this or that to one degree or another, but we're more than conquerors. And when you see what's going on in the natural realm, you choose to step out of that and you choose to step into God's promises. And every single day as we've gone through these challenges, we've lived and gone to the same resources that we always have for 44 years, the word of God, the power and the spirit of God. And literally, um, when this happened with me, uh, July 19, 2019, July 17th, 2019. So we're going on almost two years, but that moment that that happened, whoosh, all these thoughts, the only thing I could think of to liken it to was, you know how they always say when you're on, when you're about to die, your whole world flashes before you. That's how that's how it affected us. I know, you know, we never talk about it, but that's how it affected me in my mind in that split second. It was just like the whole future through that lens went through my brain. I mean, it was just like, and immediately it was like, oh no, 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 no. You pull every thought into captivity anything that would exalt itself above the word of God. Well, maybe I'll just get better. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. Full thing. Maybe, maybe we'll just this or that. God, we are trusting you. And what we did was we chose to trust God. And what we did, my goodness, we've been in the ministry and in the faith movement for 44 years. But what did we do? We went to the word. We went to the word. Rafael Cruz, Ted Cruz's dad, he heard what was going on and called me. And he said, I'm going to send you the list that I pray every single morning. A hundred scriptures on healing and divine health. He said, I don't, I'm not waiting till I need a miracle to pray these scriptures. He said, I get up in the morning. I actually sit in front of the mirror. (laughs) It's Raphael, not me. (laughs) Raphael. Thank you, Raphael. Sits in the mirror and looks at this hundred scriptures and declares, declares, declares. It takes a while. It takes a while because you're not just (laughs) like, like when I was a Catholic growing up, you have to say five Hail Marys. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, full of Done. <laughs> you know, you, it's not a fast prayer. If you're getting it inside, man, you got to grab hold of it and let it sink in. You got to saturate your soul. You've got to saturate your mind. And when he sent me that, they were all scriptures that I know. I probably prayed most of them over you or your family members, you know, and praying. But when you face something that really is a big thing, you've got to go to another level. You know, I mean, I know, I knew all the scriptures. And I believed them. I believed them. But this... It's like, no, this is going, this is going deeper. And right, Katie, I would sit outside. Larry bought me a little, when I came home, when I recovered, and he bought me this little table for outside with an umbrella so I could sit outside early in the morning and just pray and read those scriptures. Pray every day, every day, every day. Sometimes I'd do it for an hour. Sometimes I'd do it for a lot longer. But it was like, okay, saturate. My God sent his word and healed me. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, I was healed. And on and on and on. Not just of repeating, but getting them in your soul. So no matter any time of our life, we need those script. We need all scriptures in our soul so that they bubble up from within us. That's what I loved about this Romans fourteen seventeen. Isn't that just a graphic? Fill, may God of hope fill you with all joy, all peace as you trust him so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you something about faith and being positive. Sometimes, the Bible tells us, sometimes you've got to prime the pump. Sometimes, maybe you don't understand faith yet that much. But, what? Well, isn't that something? <laughs> Do you know, I was writing that down and taking my notes back there, and I'm like, what if that's not right? <laughs> what is it again? 18? 1513. Well, I was close. If you read it from 1417 to 1513, it's what I meant to say. <laughs> Isn't it amazing when your children rise up? And correct your, your theology and scriptures. That means you've done a good job. Amen. One more time. What is it again? Okay. Romans fifteen thirteen that says for editing purposes, <laughs> but when sometimes God says, uh, put it on, put faith on. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Sometimes I'm seeing you put that sweater on right there. That's what we, is it, is it chilly in here? <laughs> That's probably for my benefit. <laughs> but just like you put your arm in there, put your arm in there. Your sweater was 
on the back of the seat. Now it's on you. That's, what a great illustration. And we didn't even plan that. That's pretty. See, did you see that, Katie? (laughs) But that's, that's literally the illustration that many, many times Larry and I have used over the years is you put on, you put it on. Maybe you aren't feeling it. You're maybe not overflowing with it, but you put it on. What does that mean? What does that mean? Put on. I hear cracking in the room. (laughs) No, not in this room. No. But sometimes you're really not feeling it. So what do you do? (laughs) Martha, were you cracking? (laughs) But sometimes we got to put on joy. Put on joy, right? Put on joy. What does that mean? When you're feeling like, see, I can't even frown. When you're not feeling it, you put it on. And you probably heard me say this saying a million times, Miss Margaret, right? Sometimes you smile because you're happy. Sometimes you're happy because you smile. So there's something that is powerful about us putting on joy. Something so powerful, Lydia, right? We know this, right? When you choose to trust God, even as I sat and read those scriptures and read those scriptures and read those scriptures, I had to choose to believe them, to line up, with those promises, not line up with the enemy's report. So in the midst of very bad reports, we chose to believe and trust the report of God. That's why hope began to bubble up within us and overflow. But we had to make that happen. And when I say we, I'm talking about, you know, my immediate family and me, of course, but we. So there's sometimes, you ever see people, well, let me ask you, (laughs) does a number ever come up on your phone and you're like, click off? I don't do it, but I heard that some people have done this before. So, you know, I hope it's not you. But the only reason being is because I can't take it. I can't, I can't have that negative talk. You know, I, can't, I cannot deal with that right now. I'm doing everything I can to rise above this and keep my head above this. You know, I can't, I can't have all that. What does the Bible say about your heart? Guard your heart with all diligence Because out of it flows every issue of life. Now, you've heard me say this one too, but it's not that you deny the circumstances, okay? I dealt with with everything that was going on with me to the best of, of our abilities. 
I mean, I did exactly what the doctor said. I did everything. I did chemo. I did all that. That's not, that's not a contradiction to faith. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You take dominion on all levels. You take dominion on the natural level. Okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to beat this thing. Then you take dominion. Well, not then, but first of all, you take dominion in the spiritual realm. You take dominion. And then you take dominion in in your words. And then in your actions. And so, yes, we had to have those awful, horrible, circumstantial, not circumstances. (laughs) We had to have those awful conversations. Uh, As we watched Jen dealing with this, with Lion, I mean, this girl had to process how to take care of a seven-month-old baby that was getting chemo and it was peeling his skin off. I'm sorry to be ugly, but I'm telling you, we had to face those things. And she had to care for him and take care of him and everything while he's all tubed up. And, you know, she had a chart on the wall, just like she would in her office in Kids City, you know, everything. And every day was mapped out of all the things she had to let come into her mind and understand how to take care of this baby. She had no choice in that. But spiritually, that's not where we lived. Spiritually, we weren't living by those necessities. We knew that our God was overcoming this and that Lion was going to be fine. We knew. And in our minds, one of the ways that we walk in faith is not only by our mind, but by our declarations, our spirit, our words, and our actions. And we have always, you've always heard, Larry, you've heard me talk about you envision things that you're going to do when you're on the other side of this. Well, guess what? Today is a great day because I've been envisioning those faces right there for two years almost. Envisioned it, planned for it knew that I would see your faces smiling at me back when I came in this room. I knew, we all knew that this little seven-month-old baby that looked like a balloon in the, in the Macy, Macy, Day, Macy, what do you call that? The parade. He looked like a little sumo wrestler. And, and you know... And guess what picture popped up on my phone yesterday? That picture, one of them. And it just made me, I was at my desk working and I went to, to pick up a call and the picture popped up of three years ago. Well, not quite three years ago. Yes, three years ago. Of him and the circumstances, the reality of that picture. And here on the very same day this week, Jen has had her kids camp and guess who was down there leading worship that little three and a half year old lion. When I looked at it at first, it was like I was looking at a picture in my mind that I'd been envisioning and you guys, right? And here he was, we have videos. You couldn't send enough. And 
I mean, we were all rejoicing, but I was crying my eyes out that that vision had become reality. Those pictures that popped up on my phone when he looked like a little sumo wrestler, and yet he was smiling some of the time. And he'd have this little smile he could barely even, because his face was so puffed up from that chemo. And that vision, you have to rise above it. You're dealing with the reality as as an adult, as a responsible person. But in your mind, you are taking the time to envision when he's running around Kid City. When he's able to even come into a crowd because his immune system is strong enough. That's the first time he's been really in church, running around with kids. And he's three and a half years old. And he's gorgeous. And he is so cute and smart. And the video, we'll show some of them on Sunday, not to give your secret away, but she's got all the kids and they're praising and they're worshiping and dancing and doing all this stuff. And she gives Lion, I mean, these kids are all bigger. She gives him the mic and he starts, <laughs> he's, and he's saying the words, there's power in the blood, power, power, power. He looked like a little Larry Reed, I tell you. I'm telling you, there is rejoicing that is overflowing in Romans 15, 13. Because we see, we've seen the reality of prayer and God's promises and God's faithfulness. And guess what? It's not just for us. What God has done in our family and the miracles that we've seen in the last couple years, we're here to pray that on you and how to walk in faith. You know, walking in faith, in my mind, should mean that you never face anything. (laughs) Nothing can happen because I'm walking in faith. Well, you know, and I still believe that because there is power in praying that protection over your life every day. You know, I, we've always been prayer warriors. You know, we've always prayed every morning and spoken the names of God over our family. He is a healer. He's a supplier. He's our provider. He is our banner. He's fighting for us. He loves us. He is our peace. He's our joy. He's our protector. We can be healed and we can live in divine health. We can overcome the financial situations in the world right now. Because guess what? We're not tied to the economy of a nation, a government, a job. We are tied to the economy of our God. And he promises that he will open his good treasure to us. He promises that he will allow us to tap into his resources. So guess what? Why wouldn't we pray that over our lives every day? Why wouldn't we? You know, I used to say this, uh, let's not let our biggest prayer of the day be to bless this sandwich. (laughs) You know? Now I'm 
I'm preaching to me too. I mean, life is busy. I mean, I'm hitting the ground moving as soon as I wake up, you know, and accomplishing things. But so sometimes I got to reel it in and take that time to enter in. And one thing I know is that I can work 20 hours a day on this or that and praying and entering into God's spirit to help me. He can do it in one second flat if he wants to. So we're really, you know, robbing ourselves if we don't take the time for that. So we put on the joy spiritually, emotionally, physically, faith and joy are married. It's hard to, it's hard to speak faith or to walk in faith when we're downcast. Listen, I know what it feels like to be downcast these last few years. But what did I do? What did we do? Picked ourselves up, looked up to God, began to smile, speak his promises, speak his words of healing, of provision, all these things. Next thing I know, there's a, there's a real smile. Now, let me just tell you one little story, and then we're going to pray, okay? So back when I first became a Christian back in 1976 and I was, you know, in the world, you know, running crazy like teenagers do, but I got saved and I gave my life to the Lord and I didn't know anything about God. I mean, I was raised in a Catholic church, but it was basically Christmas and Easter Christians, you know, And I didn't really understand faith. I didn't understand being born again, having a changed heart, that then you live the change. And so I was bummed out. You know, I was like, I'd been saved, I don't know, a couple months or something. And all of a sudden it was like, man, I want to be out in the world where I belong. I don't belong here with those kind of people. You know, I mean, it was totally foreign. And I'm just like... And I come in, all right, I'll go to church one more time, you know, but this is not me. And so my pastor, not knowing anything about what I was feeling or experiencing, he ended up preaching this sermon about faith and about joy and putting it on and having a positive spirit and learning to walk in the things of God. And this is the illustration that he used, and I have used all these many years, and I love this. So, Kathy, you would know, you would understand this. Kathy, if your husband was going to build a concrete building, is he just going to go out to the site, dump concrete, and expect it to stand in a wall? Of course not, right? What does he do? Builds the form out of wood. He builds a fake structure, a support structure. Then they come, they've got the supports for a wall. Then they come, pour wet, sloppy concrete into that structure, let it harden, then take the fake away. So he used that as an illustration of how we walk in joy and in faith and in compliance with God put it on. Maybe it feels fake. And that was one of the things in my heart. I was thinking, I'm just being a fake here. 
I'm, I'm not like these people. I'm just being, I'm not being true to me. <laughs> this isn't who I am, you know? And it wasn't. But when he talked about that, he said, people aren't born into a Christian lifestyle and know how to act and come out of the world and live, you know? So he said, you got to put it on. Build the fake structure. Start living as a Christian. It might feel fake. It might feel like just a temporary, this is not real. But when you build that frame for it and that structure, you build, the, you build it, put, put the real thing in, pretty soon it hardens and the fake can fall off. So when you're, maybe you're, you're trying to grow in a certain area, maybe you're trying to be a positive person, maybe you're trying this or that, or like with us, you know, and what we've gone through, we've, you know, we didn't feel like being happy. We didn't feel like being joyful, but we put it on. We put it on. Why? Because faith and joy are married. Why do we have joy in the midst of something? Because we are trusting him and we know he's going to overcome this. So that's why you put it on. Let me ask you something. Have you ever, in all the years that you've come to this church, um, you know what? Let me, princess, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let me ask you something. You're 19. You started coming to this church when you were five. Okay, let me ask you something, and I'm going to, you know, put myself on the spot here. In all the years that you have been coming to this church, have you ever seen me or Pastor Larry, Pastor Jen, or any of our family come in? (sighs) Hi. (laughs) Or sit in a chair? (laughs) Have you? What do you always see on our face? Really? Smiling, enthusiasm. And welcoming. Thank you. Thank you. But guess what? Not every Sunday that we walk in, are we really feeling that? There's some days it's like, I ain't feeling it. (laughs) I can only be true to what I'm really feeling. (laughs) But you know, that's part of faith. That's part of maturing as a Christian, that you put on the faith sometimes, that you put on faith, that you put on that sweater, that faith. Maybe you're believing for a financial breakthrough. Maybe you're believing that when you get home tonight, there's going to be a check in the mail. Join that club. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, guess what? We put that on. Maybe it'll be there. Maybe it won't. But I'm telling you, we're going to do it until it does, right? And so what that does is it not only makes you feel better, but it makes you enter into his promises. Why why could we smile in the face of all this? Because we knew and we trusted our God. And guess what? You know, but if by some chance in our heart, you know that statistics were very, very dim, if it didn't work out that way, guess what? We're going to be with Jesus. You know, how could you not smile? How could you not be happy? Right? 
Now, I'm not downplaying issues, believe me, and I'm not inviting you to say, oh, God, bring me in. No, no, no. We want to live above it. We want to keep above it. Amen? That's where we want to live. But I'm just saying, there's something about knowing your God, something about knowing where he lives, something about knowing how to access his promises. And you're doing him a favor, you're doing the world a favor, but more than anything, you're doing yourself a favor. Did you know that, this is my last thing, did you know that this is medical fact, is that when we're negative or worried or stressed or depressed about something, it's releasing, our bone bodies are releasing toxins into our system. Now this is, we used to talk about this as faith. Now medical doctors are all saying the same thing is that you are literally releasing destructive toxins into your body. But people that put on joy, people that are choosing to be joyful are releasing, when we laugh or smile, we're releasing the same endorphins into our system that come when we laugh. Have you ever just had a good old belly laugh? Today, my sister called me. I'm like, Beck, I'm so busy right now. I'm sorry, I don't have to. No, 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 I need two minutes. I gotta tell you something so you can have a sister belly roll laugh. I'm like, okay, make it quick. Pretty soon I'm laughing, tears, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I talked to you. That felt so good. You know, there's something physical that happens when you laugh and when you're positive, right? And I'm not making that up. I'm not talking in the spiritual, but we just went over the spiritual. But even in the physical realm, that is absolutely a a medical fact. But on the other hand, do yourself a favor. Do some laughing. (laughs) Margaret's laughing already. She's got some story she's going to hit me with as soon as we go in the back. <laughs> you know, be a person that, you know, I could have I immediately told my sister, look, I'm so busy. I don't have time. I'm getting ready for tonight. I've got book work up the kazoo. <laughs> I can't talk right now. Don't you know how busy I am? Well, you know what? That would have hurt her feelings, but guess what? that would have released toxins, negative things into my body. So choosing to be joyful, it's doing yourself a big, big favor. Amen? So we're going to wrap this up. Like I said, we're not living in denial. We're not living in denial. We're not living in denial of the issues. We're being adults. We're being responsible. We're going to deal with what we have to, but we are denying it's right to be in our lives, our body, our future. Amen. When this happened with, with lion before I got sick, I would get in my room. I would just go. I would be so mad. I would be so upset and I would just get after the enemy for attacking my family. I don't think so. I was so mad at the enemy. I was so mad that this happened. I was so hurt for my kids 
to have to go through this. And I realized in the spiritual realm, I, the thing that I really realized at that time was this is the enemy trying to rob our family's destiny. This is the enemy trying to cut off third generation Pastor Huck. Pastor Larry, Pastor Luke, Pastor Lion. It's already in the cards. It's in the destiny. It's in the DNA. And the enemy's trying to steal that. Uh Uh-uh. So boy, did I take out my madness and my anger on the devil. I'm telling you. Yes, I got after it. We all did. But then we released the miracles. Then we released the destiny of my children. The destiny that God had from the beginning of time. Do you realize from the beginning of time, God has had a destiny planned out for you? Maybe the devil's messing with it, but God has a destiny for you. God has you here tonight to go to a new level in your faith, in your life, in your attitude. I let God challenge me every day. I don't want to be the same tomorrow as I am today. I want to be better. I want to grow more in the Lord. I want to be more successful in the life that he has for me. I don't want to live in the past. I don't want to live yesterday's faith. I want to go to a new level each and every day. And I know you do too. So we're going to get after it, right? We're going to go to prayer right now. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to pray not for you. I'm going to pray with you. Amen. I'm feeling the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Are you? Please come in, come in there with me. Jump in with me because I'm not just telling stories. I'm not just talking about me or my family. I promise you. In fact, it's hard for me to talk about it. It's very personal. I'd rather not talk about it. But what God has done, one of those scriptures on healing, I can't remember what it is. I would say it, but I'm afraid I'd be wrong and get corrected again. <laughs> a cheerful heart. That's a good one. <laughs> How is it? A cheerful heart is healing to the bones. Yep. Medicine to the bones. It's deep. That's right. But... One of those scriptures I would say every day and repeat is he's a healer for the glory of God. It will bring glory to him. The word is life and health to our flesh. Psalm 103, he forgives our sins and heals all our diseases. You know that's the scripture God gave me. You didn't? (laughs) You! No, it's mine! You know that, okay, so you don't know the story? Okay, so. I went to the Copelands. Yeah. Somebody put it on my car. So this is years ago. Yep. Remember Pamela? Oh, we yeah. both went, and somebody, when I went to my car, had that psalm. So I started memorizing it. Yes. And yes. so that's one of my. Yeah. And forget not all his benefits. Well, guess what? That's. That's it. Yes, and that was going to be my conclusion, but I got sidetracked. No, 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 no. I'm so glad you brought it up because I'm looking at the clock. I'm thinking, oh, I got to wrap this thing up. And then I'm like, all right, here you go. Here's your final zinger. Thank you, Julie. If you guys have been in the church through this journey with us, do you remember the scripture that God gave me when this all began? So it was Psalms 103. So what happened 
which is so amazing, is the week before I found out what, what was going on, we're coming to church. Larry says, why don't you receive the offering? Like, oh, great. I know exactly what I'm going to say because God dropped in my heart Psalms 103. So I read it, and it's scripture. I love to pray that anyway. But it's praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, praise the Lord, bless the Lord, and all that is within me shall bless your holy name, and I will not forget your benefits. It's not just salvation. God's telling us, King David was saying, don't forget the benefits that go along with this salvation. He's healed all my diseases. This is before I even knew what was in my body. And I'm, you, I'm telling the church this. He has healed all my diseases. He has broken all the infirmities off my life. He has saved me from the pit of destruction. And he is renewing my youth as the eagles. So I was telling that scripture as we're receiving the offering about how great and mighty God is and that that was one of my favorite life scriptures. Yes? Little did I know, I was preaching to the choir right here because it was just the next week when I had made a doctor appointment because I thought I had some blockage or something. I thought it was digestive, you know, these pains, and I thought... Oh, I probably got something in my, you know, blocking, you know, I need to clean myself out or something, (laughs) right? Little did I know that that very scripture was given to me by God for me. So when I got the diagnosis, that was my first prayer. It bubbled up out of me. It overflowed. What I had planted in my soul all these years, I didn't have to try and hang on. It popped up within me even before I knew I needed a miracle. What do I always say? What do I always say? If I'm praying with you, I'm telling you, before you even knew you had this issue, God had already worked out the solutions, the answers, and the miracles. Amen? Well, how's that for a confirmation? How is that for a confirmation? If you're not feeling it, I'm feeling it so much for you. (laughs) Because how in the world would I have come up with that? I mean, if I'm... If I'm receiving an offering, I'm going to talk about God's financial blessings. I'm going to talk. I'm not going to talk about that. And God gave it to me. And so immediately when this happened, I was like, God, you gave me that. So when we came back to the church the next Sunday and we told the congregation what was going on. And I said that. I told that story that God had given me that the week prior. So here I am. How can I live in the natural realm of that report when God promises us, but he promised to me, he gave this to me. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to bless you. And every day I'd pray this. And it it says, and every part of me will praise you. 
I would pray it like this. Every cell in my body, every tissue, every fiber, every cell in my body is bowing down to your will and your dominion. It took that prayer to a whole nother level. Then I would pray, you have delivered me from this pit. Because in the pit of my belly is where that was living. You've delivered me from the pit of destruction. You've delivered me already from the pit of destruction. You've healed all my diseases. You've healed them all, God. And I am the healed of the Lord. And then it ends up with, and you renew my youth as the eagles. Don't you know, don't you know, when every hair fell out of my head, when every eyebrow fell off my face, every eyelash, every hair on my body, and instead of seeing that as death, I saw that, God, you're renewing my youth. You're renewing my youth. Just like an eagle loses its feathers so it can grow stronger and better and more beautiful. I promise you, Julie, thank you for interrupting me, making me go longer and finish with my grand finale. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, I live, Katie, right? I'd pray it every morning. I'd pray it all through the day. I'd pray it before I went to sleep at night because it renewed my spirit. And I was declaring it. I wasn't just hoping. I was declaring that in my body. And every time I'd see these things happening in my body, I would see myself being renewed. I would see hair growing back. Larry will say this. I had one little eyelash left. One little eyelash. I had one little hair left. He goes, you going to cut that thing off? No. Actually, I I said it in tears. No. (laughs) It's my promise. It's my promise of the future. But I was not feeling it, ladies. That is hard to see yourself in the mirror. It's hard to see yourself in the mirror completely It's hard to see that and not receive that as you, as your destiny. But girls, give me a Holy Ghost shout. (laughs) Come on, come on, come on now. Come on, princess. And what he's done for me, He's doing for you. He's what he's done for me. You on stream, he'll do for you. So get your hands up in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. Because our God rules and reigns. Lift up your hand. I want you to take this. Give it to God. Literally, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you want to come true in your life, you give that to God. Lift your hands and literally... Give it to him right now. Now, I'm going to pray for you. Father, 
thank you, God, for being a part of our lives. God, we're so honored that you are our Father. We're so honored, God, to be a part of what you're doing in lives and in the world. Father, we're here tonight because we love you. We're here tonight because we're hungry for you, for your word. We want to be used by you. God, you have given us a destiny from before our mother's womb. From the beginning of time, you have seen this day. You have given us a destiny, not just for our own sake, but for changing the world. Father, right now I break every curse. I break every spirit of infirmity. I break every spirit of disease. I break every spirit of poverty, of devour in our finances. In Jesus' name, I break the curse that tries to steal our destiny. In the name of Jesus Christ, I break the curse over our families, our marriages, our children, our parents. We break the curses of division in Jesus' name. Now, Father... We release your goodness. We break every curse of sickness and disease, no matter how small, no matter how big, in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, we break out of the realms of this world. We break the limitations of this realm. We step into your unlimited blessings, promises, and miracles. Father, do something great to show us your power, to show us your reality. Lord, we're pressing into you and we're asking you to bless us, to show us your reality. And God, to use our lives, bless us greatly so we can be a great blessing in Jesus' mighty name. Now give him some praise. You on stream, give him some praise. Hallelujah, 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 my God. Lord, you are great. Amen, 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 amen. I just want to say one more thing. You know what? Sometimes I feel bad talking about faith and miracles because I see faces of people that haven't got the miracle they were hoping for. And so... I'm always very aware of that, and I know how it feels if someone is flaunting in front of me something that happened for them. So I want you to close your eyes for a minute, because I know that sometimes we see the miracle that we're hoping for. Sometimes it doesn't happen, or it's delayed. Listen, this with us has been a three-year process to get to this shout in the victory, for me to be standing here, for Jen to be here, for Lion to be in the uh, kids' city. So we understand the disappointments. But I'm telling you, even if you have experienced a loss or you've experienced some hardship, God still is on the throne. He has your destiny intact. And what we've gone through... Romans 8.28, we stand on that God takes that, works it for good, and brings a blessing out of it. So I want you to lift your hands if that's touching you. Just real quick, I'm not going to take a lot of time, 
But I know how that feels when you felt disappointed. And I want God to just bring restoration, restoration, healing, joy, peace, abundance, overflow, increase, supernatural health and healing, joy unspeakable. And God, release all your goodness. You're stored up blessings for such a time as this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen.